0: mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices message and data rates may apply bank of america and a member FDIC. Productions. are you ready live from the metal mayhem studios in rochester new york we are gold we Jersey. Jersey, Metal Walt. Good evening, everybody.
1: Happy, heavy new year to all. As always, new content drops Thursday nights. Wow, 2024. It's the start of our fifth year here at Metal Mayhem ROC, and we're excited. We uh, have a lot of great surprises for you this year, a lot of big advancements. Uh, It's going to be epic, as they say. Well, we're Blowing it out right out of the gate as tonight we're joined by both Biff Byford and Nigel Glockler of the legendary new wave of British heavy metal band Saxon. The band's releasing their 24th studio album next Friday, January 19th. So we have Biff on here to talk about the album, the tracks, uh, Brian Tatler of Diamond Head joining the band, uh, how they wrote these songs, how the new writing combination uh, worked out. Talk about the Armana Marth, Saxons, and Vikings video shoot. He discloses the band's appreciation for heavy metal battle jackets. Fuck, I even have an old school meddler from Penfield, New York, that had a run-in with Biff back in the 80s giving him his metal jacket. So it's really a lot of cool stories. That's followed by an exclusive interview we did this past Monday night on our radio show with Nigel. The band released their U.S. spring tour dates, and so Nigel was on the show, and we talked about the dates, the locations, set lists, what they're going to be playing, what they're not going to be playing. So we have two state-of-the-art content-related interviews. That's what you get here at Metal Mayhem ROC. But before we get into this, just remind you, if you're new to the show, get up to our website, metalmayhemroc.com. Sign up for our newsletter. That's our way to stay in touch with you on new podcast, radio show alerts, uh, new video interviews, uh, CD reviews, whatever we're doing. We appreciate you listening and viewing. If you feel inclined to, leave us a review, but always remember to subscribe to either the YouTube channel or this channel. All right, let's get into this. For my co-host, Metal Walt, I'm the Vernomatic, and we are... Metal Mayhem ROC. Biff, welcome to Metal Mayhem. How are you, my friend?
2: I'm good. I'm good. It's good to be there. Yeah. Sitting here in my sort of darkness. Great. (laughs) Well,
1: it's not dark here in Rochester. That's where I am. I'd like to introduce you to my co-host, Metal Walt. He's down in New
2: Jersey. Great. Been to New Jersey quite a lot. Nice place.
3: Oh, thank you very much. And I've uh, <laughs> I've seen you guys many a times at the legendary BB, BB, BB King's Club on Times Square, which is no longer there. But many We're a great no Saxon there. show, no longer, yeah, no longer there. Yeah, no
2: longer that Yeah, it's a pity. A lot of these venues that you know that have got history are disappearing. It's the same in it's the same in the UK, but yeah, you know, that's that's how it goes. You know.
3: So Biff, I have a question. Um, off the bat. On the new album, you know, Hellfire and Damnation. I think when you eventually retire, you should become a college history professor <laughs> because you seem to know a lot about world history and sort of mis- mystery. You're a very well 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 versed
2: guy. Give you credit. Yeah, I'm very well. I'm very well read. Uh, I'm very yeah. I'm very, yeah. I like history. It interests me. I was pretty pretty, and I was pretty interested in the history at school. Right? I like music and history. That's about it, actually. Um, so <laughs> I like working with wood, but that's another story. But um yeah, I was sort of into music and history and uh, not so not so good at maths and English, but I got better as I got older. But um now I was into the history and um, Yeah, it's it sort of it's sort of it's an interesting you know, to sing about it, like, I'm a bit of a storyteller, so history is great for doing that.
3: Well, there's only so many albums in years you can write about sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and heavy metal and party, right? <laughs> yeah, the, eventually yeah, you got to get something else.
2: Yeah, you, yeah, you run out, you run out of steam a little bit, rather than the same rock and roll, the rock and roll, you know, road stories, and you know, and it, it just gets a bit, uh, it gets a bit boring after a while, and you got to move on a bit, you know.
3: Absolutely. Well, you you touch on a lot of those great subjects. Uh, obviously, the album kicks off with a little bit of something about, let's say, religion or the biblical aspect, which you do write in a lot of your tracks through the years. But the prophecy, which leads into Hellfire and Damnation, the title track. I mean, hey, you get Brian Blessed that, you know, 87 year old actor to do a spoken word thing. Amazing. And then that title track, it's just epic. And what a video for that. So talk a little bit about that track and the church. What church did you film that video in?
2: Well, we, we actually, uh, well, I'll, I'll go with Brian. But Brian's, Brian's a friend of ours. But for some time, he, he's from the same part of Yorkshire in, in the UK where we're from. He's introduced us on stage a couple of times. He's really into metal music. Uh, so he's a big fan. And uh you know, we love his work. He's got fantastic voice. So I just asked him. I, I wrote him a message saying, I've got these words, you know, the prophecy, would you do it for me, you know, speak it? And he said, yeah, I'll do it for you. So we're very lucky, actually, because he's, um, you know, one, he's very famous, two, he's very busy, and three, he's quite old now. So, you know, he might have gone, turned around and said no. You know, so, uh, so yeah, we, I wanted some of them to explain the song. But the Hellfire Damnation, uh, you know, it's about the fight between good and evil. Uh, I mean, Ryan Cancler from then our new guy, uh, came up with that guitar riff. That is the killer riff, you know. Uh, he played it to me. I was like, good God, that's a killer riff. And I had this idea for doing a song called Hellfire and Damnation, and we I just put it all together, and it, it sounded beautiful, you know.
1: Well, that answers a question I was going to have. So Brian did contribute to the write, or the writing of this because it had a different feel. So how much did Brian well, write he, into this album?
2: Well, he, we were, we didn't ask him to write on the album. It's just that we were in a bit of a rush to get the album finished for this tour in March that we're starting with Judas Priest. And so we were up against, uh, we were up against it, a bit, and so were Judas Priest. So Judas Priest were using Andy Steve our producer who was over in Las Vegas doing their album. And we were over here doing our album. Uh, that's where I came in with the production a little bit. So we're rushing, 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 rushing all the time. really. So, um, yeah, I mean, Brian, I just asked Brian out of the blue, have you got any ideas, Brian? Uh, yes. You know, anything in your back pocket that's, you know, anything we could use. So he sent me, he sent me five or six songs. And one of them, like, absolutely blew my socks off. And, uh, I had this idea about doing this song about good and evil. Uh, so yeah, I said, I'm going to take that riff and make it into a song. And that's what I did. So we didn't intend him to write on the album, but the circumstances led that way. It's really magical, really. I mean, we're really started that Paul Quinn's Paul not with us anymore. But by Paul doing what he did, opened open the door for us. And we sort of went through it, and uh this magical thing happened with the honey this uh which is whole on ammunition so uh I think it worked out perfect. sort
1: of like a sports team, next man up, but uh talking about uh, talking about that video
2: <laughs> <Not
1: really. laughs> well, you know it's like so the starter goes down, you gotta bring in uh you know next man up and bro-
2: well, well, the thing is, Brian had already already knew Lord the Saxon song because when Paul was ill with Kobe, <laughs> we asked Brian to learn the songs so he could stand in with paul mm-hmm. but uh, uh Paul got better, and Brian didn't book didn't do it so when we asked Brian if he wanted to like you know take Paul's place playing live, he was like, "Yeah, I'll do it definitely so it, just one thing led to another. It, really. but- and, that's and plus that plus,
1: you guys are brothers, you know, you, you, you've been friends for 40, 40 plus years, so it was just an
2: eat. I want to hear the legend, yeah. he, he's, he's, definitely a, he's definitely a riff monster, and uh, and so is Mr. Quinn So, we replaced one legend with another legend, and uh, a lot of people didn't see it coming, We were like, Whoa, you know, that's fantastic. So, we just toured with him across Europe, festivals, just been to Latin America, and uh, the fans like it. You know, they look a little bit plain. Uh, listen, bef- great with before
1: that. we put Hellfire uh, to bed, I just want to compliment you on the video. The The editing is fantastic. It's nice and slow. You could actually, like, look at the people. Sometimes these videos, they're so <laughs> fast that you don't know what you're looking at. Yeah, they are. And,
2: um, yeah. yeah, we shot it in a, you asked me where we shot it, right? Sorry, I forgot yeah. about that one. Yes. We shot it in a, in a cathedral uh, in a monastery in Manchester. In the north of England, so they've got this—they've uh, got this big monastery cathedral that's been decommissioned, and they—they they have like concerts and things in there. So we rented it for two days, and that's where we shot it in in the actual uh, church cathedral. So I think it fits the theme quite nicely, and it was. Absolutely. It was nice
1: that it wasn't uh, overabundance of lyrics. A lot of times these lyric videos, the forefront of the video was the lyrics. But it was nice to see uh, your
3: fantastic looking uh, mug throughout the video. It's a it's a plus.
2: <laughs> okay, great, thanks.
3: So Biff, a, a little side note to this, uh, talking about religion, I have younger kids, so we take them to Sunday CCD, I'm Catholic, and after we do the Our Father prayer, there's a statement in Catholicism that says, for the kingdom and the power and the glory are yours now and forever, and every moment on Sunday, I go right to power and glory, and I'm like, fucking Saxon, man!
2: <laughs> yeah, well, that's that, yeah, that's called the Lord's Prayer, isn't it? The one you're talking about. Yes. You know, to the valley of death and all that. So, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I took that idea of power and the glory, pro- obviously from the Bible, uh, you know, to the power and the glory forever and ever. I um, mean, left that bit out, obviously, but used the power and the glory part. I um, mean, it's right. a strong, strong two words that power and the glory. And uh, so, sitting with the hellfire damnation, you know, it's it's got massive religious overtones. When I was a boy, you know, I was very, uh, I was brought up quite religious. Um, I think you'll probably say I did go. We did do Roman. My mum used to play the church organ, so I used to go to quite a lot of these things. We did some Catholic stuff, but most of it was like Methodist or uh, Protestant, you know, Church of England. So, well, I was brought up quite religious, and that, so I know all about the, uh, you know, the uh, the end of days and Armageddon and all that sort of, stuff, you know, because um, how you know, hellfire and Preachers used to come through and tell us tell the young people how, you know, Satan will take our soul and all that stuff don't so, quite so, you know you know crazy right. <laughs> time really.
3: Right. Well, you're with me every in spirit <laughs> and him every Sunday as I get up there. So Oh well, uh, there
2: you go, that's brilliant. So
3: the second track, Biff, uh, Madame Guillotine. I mean, you talk about a a contrast, right? This one yet becomes catchy and very melodic and really cool little bass open. And and what we love the best about this, there's a lot of sarcasm and very clever and humorous lyrics tied back to the title. So talk a little bit about this track.
2: Well, again, this is the Brian track as well. This is the Brian riff. And I heard it, and I had this idea to do a song about French revolution, you know, Marie Antoinette getting her head chopped off by the guillotine, and the French used to call it Madame Guillotine. I think a bit of a sick joke, you know, you're you're meeting Madame Guillotine to Uh So the the actual lyrics are quite uh, quite dark, but I wanted to do the chorus a little bit like an Alex Cooper thing, you know, a bit more like uh, theatrical. So the, all that all um, that's you know, let me introduce you to Madame Guillotine, but please don't lose your head. It's a bit um, double entendre that you can like lose your head on the guillotine or lose your head drinking too much. Or, you know, just it's just, uh, I, I like it. It's a nice, I like the touch. You know, I was like thinking, should I put that in there? I thought, yeah, I put it in there. It's cool.
3: It's a good one. Very catchy and accessible. I like it too. Real good contrast be- between the first two tracks.
2: Yeah, I wanted it that way. I wanted it to be like full-on metal and then maybe a bit more melodic metal, you know, after it. Sort of a bit, um, bit more, sort of, well, more, more melody there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. And we smash into, I think we smash into Fire and Steel. And, to, and, and, you know, And old. that's metal.
1: Oh, yeah. That's fast. That's guitar. That's drums. And I could see that in the live set. We'll get to that. But, yeah, talk about Fire and Steel.
2: Well, where is Steel? About a, a, a city called Sheffield, uh, you know, probably made famous by Death Leopard, That's where they mm-hmm. come from, Sheffield. Now, when I was a uh, when I was a teenager, we used to go to Sheffield. It wasn't far although we used to live. We used to go there and watch all the bands in the pubs and the city hall and the theatre. I mean, I saw many, many bands there. Uh, so you're Iep actually with Deep Purple in the seventies there, and uh, it's famous for Steel. If you if you if you remember from Paul in the seventies, then it was it was probably made in Sheffield. and um, they made they meant steel from the space shuttle and all sorts of things. But um yeah, that's what it's about, fire and steering. It's about Sheffield, it's about my where I used to go and uh, and see music, you know, learn you know what I wanted to be better.
1: The track, um there's something in Roswell. Obviously, does it have the UFO connection. Not the band but the topic. Talk about this song.
2: Well, Roswell is a brand zero for UFO enthusiasts. Uh the question is, are you a believer or not? That's the question. I mean I'm a believer. I think something happened in Roswell. I'm not fanatical, but I like I like the I like the thought that something actually crashed there flowing on the planet or another solar system. It's an interesting story. And uh it all started in Roswell. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm saying what I think. There's something in Roswell. Tell us the truth. Come on.
3: I like the fuzzy guitar that opens the song because it sounds like, you know,
2: like yeah, we're imagining like that, that TV yeah, UFO like that. coming over your head, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like the Outer Limits program that it used to be back in the day. We used to sit and watch that and freak ourselves out. But um, yeah, I mean, trying the older people will remember the Outer Limits. Oh, i was stores about alien when bonfire was great okay. hey
3: biff in all your uh, bus trips across the states through decades did you ever go through that area and go up to the stop sign with the dust bowls rolling around where it says no longer can enter this is government property
2: area 51 yeah yeah i've been to area 51 but i've never been to roswell but when, when we come back in April, if, if, we, if we're down in Texas, I'm, I'm going to go there and have an alien burger. What is that? It's Do it's an alien burger in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the cafe that's shaped like a wine saucer. Uh, so no. I'm going to go there. Maybe we'll shoot a video there. That'd be cool. But, but I, that... I think the next, uh, the next single that comes out is going to be Somewhere in Roswell. That's a, it's a great groove, that song. I, I like it.
3: Yeah, it is a really it is a good one. So, again, it goes back to the point of very interesting and diverse topics that when you look, usually when you go and look at a new album, you know, your your brain first says it connects to the music where you say, oh, it's this my favorite one of my favorite bands. Oh, yeah, this is the sound I'm looking for. And then you kind of connect to the lyrics later. In a sense, you got both with you guys. You got the music and you got some really cool storylines.
2: Yeah, I think, I think it's interesting. Like you say, you can learn about so many songs about sex, Google, do rock and And so, you know, you have to, it's a bit of a interesting. And I think, I think, you know, it's, I don't know if anybody actually, you know, reads all the lyrics and things, but if, if you, if you go to like, if you don't know anything about, say, the, you know, the Salem witch trials, you can go on Google and look on Wikipedia and it tells you all about it. And it's a, uh, it's a big thing that happened, you know, in history that. Uh, it's crazy times and uh, it's really good to write lyrics about it. because It's real and it's a story about real people that really happened back in those days.
3: Exactly. And that's exactly like what happens on a track like Kubla Khan and The Merchant of Venice, right? Where you know, it's that song musically, it's got that classic Saxon new wave of British heavy metal sound and you know, but the storyline comes into the forefront and what I think is amazing about that track is those mid song riffs and soloing. And that's apparent on a couple of the songs where the shredding between Doug and, and Brian is just fucking killer.
2: Yeah, it is. The guitar solos are excellent on, on this album. And uh, you know, they went I think they went to where I thought about it a bit and then and then came back and just jammed them down, you know. Um uh, they did uh, did a few of the solos at my studio at home and they did some of the solos with Andy. But I think the Bichauer on the album is stunning. Actually,
1: the album comes in under about forty minutes, eleven tracks, give or take, considering the you know the prophecy with that is. But the, the continuity and the flow to the album, you know, each song gets in and gets out. Pirates of the Airwaves. Here's a like under four minute song. Uh, great low end and groove. The overall pace is fantastic. It's a straightforward but catchy main riff. Really strong chorus and great solos. That's what I got out of it. Let's talk about pirates because again we're circling back to this guitar work. It's a it's a shredder album, if you will.
2: Yeah, I mean, Pirates of the Airwaves. Is that what we're talking about, Pirates of the Airwaves?
1: Yeah, Pirates of the Airwaves.
2: Yeah. Well, again, it's you know when I was like a young teenager, like thirteen, well, forty, something like that. I can't remember how old I was. But in England, well, basically in the UK, there was no uh, there was no nighttime radio. The radio finished at ten o'clock, and everything went black and dark. Same with the television; that finished at ten o'clock. Uh, so you were expected to go to bed and be a good little boy, and then get up and go to school mm. the next day. So we used to listen to all these pirate radio stations that had, you know, Rolling Stones and the Pinks and all those early all the 60s bands on there. And we'd sit up all night, you know, listening to these uh, songs on radio. And it caused a revolution in England. You know, the swing of the 60s, that started with pirate radios, you know, mini skirts, you know, long hair, just rebel music. And the BBC had to open its own radio station for, for, for us young people back then. So it was a great, great time, actually
1: well actually to tell you the truth biff i got my start in radio hosting a late night heavy metal show listen we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna wrap up the review of the album we're gonna find out what happens when saxons and vikings get together for real and talk about the u.s spring tour we'll be right back
0: metal mayhem roc Metal. I'm Metalhead. Metal Mayhem ROC is the home for metal from the very beginnings. This is James LeBert from Hellstar. You're listening to burn o Dave Overkill from the Cleveland band Destructor.
1: Hey, Dave, <laughs> how are
0: you? <laughs> I'm doing great. To longtime headliners. Hey, this is Red Beach from White Snake. Hey, this is Vinny Apathy from VO, Black Sabbath, and Blast in Life. To music of today. Hi, this is Olaf Wickstone from Enforcer. Hi, this is Bron from Mastodon. You're listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. John the Vernomatic Burner. Plus, we talk with producers and authors to give you behind-the-scenes info Hi,
2: this is William the
1: author of The Meaning of Metallica, Ride the Lyrics Greg Renoff,
0: the author of the
1: book Van Halen Rising and the uh, Ted Supplement book A Platinum Producer's
0: Life in Music Pleasure, thanks for having me on Metal Mayhem ROC A proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Team Giving you more to listen for Join our community And always remember to keep it heavy
3: It was the year the Saxons were slain. And listen, its 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 it's, right. it's got a metal march and it has a battlefield. I mean, you guys thought it through around the topic and the title and you accomplished it. Talk about 1066.
2: Well, 1066, every, everybody, every schoolboy knows what 1066 was when I was a boy anyway. I don't know about now. Maybe it's not working. But back in the day, We'll all talked about the you know the Vikings and the Saxons and the Saxon and the Normans. And uh, I did a song with uh, my friends of mine and not uh called Saxons and Vikings. Mm. And uh you know I co-wrote that with uh, with you the lyrics and uh, I thought we did it and I thought I do one, you know, and the Saxons and the Vikings was like I don't know, so seven hundred and something and the the battle of 106 like 30 years later. But it was a natural, you know, the Saxons beat the Vikings, and then the Normans beat the Saxons in 1066. So it's uh, it's a great thing to sing about, you know. It's uh, I'm, I'm surprised nobody's done it before. Actually, I'm surprised. i and Maiden haven't done 1066. You know, it's the sort of thing Maiden would do. They're they're into the history history lyrics as well, so. But, um, you know, they didn't do so, we got to do it, so that's yeah. Great.
3: And I, I will tell you, uh, talking about the of Marth video, John and I were watching that video last night. It's great, <laughs> I mean, the song is great, but the video it's itself, where awesome. the two bands come together for battle like, holy crap! <laughs> like, where was did Were you guys on tour maybe in the summer in Europe, one of these big festivals? And
2: well, it, yeah, it was, yeah, it was in um. Now, before, it was just before it was after Paul retired, and just before we brought Brian in. So they asked us to go to Latvia, I think, which is up in the Baltics, uh, to shoot the video because you couldn't get away with that sort of stuff in England. The health and safety, you know, you couldn't because these guys that were fighting were really good for it. You know, they were professional sort of uh, reenactors, uh. if you know what I mean. So yeah, it was great walking through the battles, and uh, yeah, it was good fun. You know, we shot it over two days, and. Uh, yeah, great weather and great location. It's supposed to be in England, uh, you know, in the Battle of Stanford, I think, that um, you know, we couldn't do that in England. It wouldn't work. The big police and ambulance and all sorts of people there. Saying <laughs> we couldn't do it. So it was so, good. It got the really good fun. I, I like the is. video. It's great. It's great. You know, when I come in singing, it's like, whoa. You know, it's like, whoa, oh, gone on then. So
1: I mean, a lot of that video was it wasn't uh, computer generated. That was actual. No,
2: none, none of it of computer generated. It all actually happened. There was about uh, there was about 40, uh, forty actors there, you know, uh, battling, you know, uh, people that are trained with swords and axes and shields, oh. and uh, yeah, that was all going on. I had my army, you know, the Saxon army behind me, and, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they had their army, the Vikings, in, in behind them. And we walked towards each other through the woods and then met in some clearing. That's pretty good fun, actually. You know, really good fun.
1: I do have a question about the guitar solo. Is that, uh, I see Paul's in there,
2: but is that Brian doing the yeah, lead? Or, before, is, that a, no, or is that a lobby? No, no, that was before Brian. There's Doug and Paul there. So, I mean, Paul had retired and uh, we said, do you want to go up there? And uh, i doing the video, it said, Yeah, I'll go. So we took Paul up there, which works for you. That's great.
1: Well, I just saw the long blonde hair, and I know Alavi from uh Amman doesn't have the long blonde hair, and it was so fast. The video, and so yeah, I wanted to ask you about yeah. it.
3: Does, does, does yeah, he speak a, like that? Probably does, does he speak like that in, in, in person, <laughs> <laughs> or does he when he has a pint on the <laughs> side? Know. Is he like, Hey. Pip, oh, oh, oh.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty normal when he's uh, talking. <laughs> like most most of the gals that sing in the deep, you know, uh, sort of yeah. uh, overworldly voices that are pretty normal talking people. They don't, they don't, you don't like... <laughs> Now they don't know. Man. I hope that
3: uh, maybe maybe next summer, if you're playing uh, Grass Pop or one of these big festivals, you uh you guys are on the same bill. You guys, one of you guys can do play that song and get you up there. That would be good to see that one up on YouTube.
2: <laughs> yeah, that would be special yeah. to see. it. Yeah.
3: It so would, yeah. um, one of my favorites on the album, Witches of Salem, I mean, who doesn't like a song that opens with screaming, burning witches? But what makes this one unique, <laughs> it's kind of mid-place, but heavy. And I feel like it's got a little bit of a blues swagger to it. And that's, well, yeah. best guitar work on the album at the end right of on that home. one. Yeah, it's um, it's
2: very sort of, uh, you know, it's a very 1980s style song. You know, it's uh, it's that got that sort of bluesy riff on it, uh, which is pretty cool, really. Uh, and and to sing the uh, thing about the witches of Salem on that type of riff, you would think it wouldn't work, but it does work really well. Dude. Yeah. Well, the the album ends with a
1: great title and a supercharger, another classic fast Saxon song. Um, maybe singing about motorcycle racing, lots of shredding.
2: It's about, it's about drag racing. Uh, we used to go and watch, uh, when the American mad bases were pretty big in, in England, we used to go to a place called Santa Pod where the American, American, uh, GRs and things used to build these drag racers and race them there. And we, we'd never seen it before. We used to go down there quite a lot. So the songs about drag racing in And, um, yeah, I mean, I think um, you know it's 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 a great riff that yeah, it's Douglas Scudder riff, and uh, I wanted to close the album with a bang, not go out on a ballad, so it works really well. I think that song.
1: Oh, it definitely uh, finishes it appropriately. Well, Biff, we have to address the elephant in the room, and that's the much anticipated announcement of the U.S. dates. America's, be- America's been a little PO'd because we haven't gotten our fill. Carpe no. diem was, I mean, COVID took care of that. Carpe diem, we didn't see it. No. I know you can't release dates. Can you give us a tease on states?
2: Well, yeah. Is it going to be a
1: whole country?
2: Uh, as far as as far as far I'm aware, it starts on April the 23rd in Fort Lauderdale in Florida. That's what, that's what I've seen. And it goes up the East Coast, so it's probably going to be passing your area. Definitely.
1: Uh, Well, we have two areas. Fortunately, Walt's down in the New York area. I'm Western New York Rochester.
2: Yeah, but I think think there's quite a few shows in in those areas, is what I'm saying. I don't think think at the moment it's not a a coast-to-coast tour. I think it goes from the East Coast across to the Midwest maybe down into texas and then i think there's going to be a part two later on where we take from you know from texas over to the west coast so i think um, you know with i think it's a seven week tour so we'll be playing in a lot of cities definitely all
1: right well i think the rivet heads in the metal mayhem roc community will
3: be happy with the news that we're going to bring back to them uh and you have Uriah Heep on the bill, which is it's just a great opening band. I mean, you're going yep. to be touring with them with Priest in the UK. and uh, no, But fine. what a great bill. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's a co-headliner show. So, you know, we'll be closing some shows and they'll be closing another show. Be the show. i would be Peters down to water water. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, the, the we, we need to, um, you know, people, you know, our American audience are growing and drawing all the time where, well, people are coming back to us. That were big fans in in on the power and glory crusade tours, and a lot of young fans are getting into us now. So, uh, on the on the Hellfire Damnation, I think six percent of the hits are from the USA. So, which means you know our profile's gone up quite a lot there. While we haven't been there, uh, we did some pretty good tours. We did Motorhead, we did U.S. Priest, we did UFO. So, we have played to a lot of people before COVID. So let's hope that uh, everybody remembers. But we've to do new album now. The album's a monster, you know, so people can buy the album, CD, stream it. We don't care what they do, really. Buy the vinyl, buy the CD, stream the album, steal it, buy it, mm-hmm. borrow it. We don't care. Get a copy and come see us live. That's what it's all about.
1: January 19th, Hellfire and Damnation out everywhere. Uh Beth. uh how can people stay in touch with Saxon?
2: Yeah, the, the our website, which which you know, people don't really bother with web, but the web chart is Saxon747.com. You can go on there. Uh our Facebook site is just Saxon, you know, and go on. If you Google Saxon band, it comes up. So you can go on Facebook. We're on uh we're on quite a few. I don't think we're on TikTok, but we're on uh, you know, we're on a quite a few of those uh of those, of those things but you know um yeah so yeah we're all over the place The Putin the saxon band you'll find us and you can pre-order the album there so you get it on the first day of release which is january nineteenth.
3: well biff uh this has been a pleasure and uh we wish you the best with this album listen john and i and you i will tell you this we were born to raise hell We had Kim McAuliffe from Girl School on (laughs) earlier in the year, and we talked about your killer cover of that song that included your buddy Phil Campbell. So, born to raise hell, Biff, and we'll see you in New York and New Jersey in the spring. Yeah,
2: Yeah, definitely. We're coming, and uh, keep the faith, and uh, we'll see you all there. And, you know, buy the album, support the band, we're coming.
1: Uh, Biff, I have one parting shot, and this is a long walk. Yeah, of course you do. (laughs) one long walk down heavy metal memory lane. It was uh, the spring of 1987. You're up in Rochester, New York at the penny arcade. You're about to do denim and leather. And my buddy has a jacket. You grabbed it and you put it on and you sang the song. And it's a legendary tale. He shares with us. Tell me you remember the incident.
2: Well, I do remember the incident because it's a bit of a trade block of ours now, because a lot of these early shows, you know, with- As soon as people had phones, they started videoing this, Uh, people throwing jackets on the stage, battle jackets. So it's become a bit of a thing now. Uh, You know, we just came back from Mexico. Absolutely crazy. But I think, you know, it's a unique thing to Saxon. I I think, you know, people do throw things on stage for for a lot of bands, but we two bands will wear them. So, you know, if we get battle jackets on stage, I'll stop the band and we'll put everybody... I'll make everybody wear a battle jacket, you know, a denim jacket, which is pretty unique, to Saxon, I think. But, yeah, I probably, would, I probably would remember it if I thought truly. I mean, what did it have on the jacket? I tend to remember the jacket. Did it have, what did it have on there? Alice Cooper? Yes, I, I don't,
1: don't know, there. man. It
2: was, it was well, 40 years to, ago. you have to go back and ask him, okay?
1: <laughs> I will save it for the next
2: one. But, uh... Yeah, never know.
1: All right, well, Bev, thank you, and uh, we'll let you get going, and um, good luck, stay healthy, and we'll see you on
2: tour. Yeah, we'll see you on tour. Bring your jackets, don't forget. Uh, yeah. We're going right. to be there in April until June, so it's a long time. Cheers, man. Yeah, you too. Cheers. See you later. Bye. Bye, bye, bye.
1: Bev, <laughs> he's such a cool, cool dude. True metal legend. He's been doing this 45 years, man. It's just, he just waves the flag. All right, listen, we're going to finish up this episode with a live interview we did with Nigel Glockler this past Monday night, January 8th. The, the band released their North American tour dates this past Monday, and we had them on our live radio show to talk about the tour, um, the set list, and all up-to-the-minute info. Just remember you could find everything metal mayhem roc related at our website metalmayhemroc.com very user friendly state of the art website you could uh, go directly to our youtube channel you could go directly to our live radio show on monday nights you could listen to new podcasts and archive podcasts right there our, our team does a great job assembling that. So, again, metal com. Join our community by signing up for the newsletter and stay in touch with us and get notifications on everything. All right, here we go. Uh, me and Southern Cal interviewing Nigel Glockler this past Monday night on Metal Mayhem RLC Live. Have a great weekend. And remember, the album comes out next Friday, January 19th. It's everywhere. Get it, buy it, support it, get tour tickets. Fucking A, man. It's 2024. Raise the flag. I'm the Vernomatic, and this is Metal Mayhem ROC. Music from Gates of Paradox, the title track from their last release. Again, opening up for Armored Saint up here in Rochester in May. Get yourself, check out the band, go to Bandcamp, friend them on Facebook, and get into the music. All right. Well, it's five minutes to seven o'clock, and we have on the line from, I think,
5: Dallas, Texas, Nigel Flockler. You're down (laughs) in Dallas, Nigel? Hi, guys. How are you doing? Good, good. (laughs) Welcome. Hey, thank you for having me.
1: So um, the dates are released. U.S.-Saxon-Uriahe joint tour. Um, How excited are you to get back into the States?
5: Tell us about it. Oh, great. You know, there's quite a lot. There's a lot of shows there. And I think there's more there's more coming as well. Um, So, yeah, no, I think it'll be a great tour, actually.
6: Yeah, I noticed (laughs) there I'm sorry. I noticed there's a lot of East Coast dates, Midwest dates. Uh, You said more coming. Are you guys going to be hitting the West Coast up?
5: I I hope so. I presume so. It's just at the moment, you know, with the routing, it's like you just have to be careful of routing. And also you have to be, you know, watch availability. So. You know, but we always love playing the West Coast, so I'm sure something will something will crop up. Two
1: weeks ago, we had a chance to speak with Biff surrounding the, the brand new Hellfire and Damnation release that's coming out on the nineteenth. And yeah. he he happened to mention that on this run it was just East Coast. And then you go over to Europe and do the festival gigs, yeah, and then, the, then coming over for the West Coast. So West Coast US, you'll get your dose of uh Saxon. Uh all these years, all these albums, uh how do you put a set list together in? does it rotate between the different parts of the world?
5: Yeah, I mean, a lot of that comes into it. I mean, obviously when you go out when you go out on tour, the main thing, I'm not talking about festivals, I'm talking about on tour, the main thing is to promote your album. You know, but but obviously, then again, you've got to. You know, there are certain favourites you've got to play. You get lynched if you didn't put them in. You know, and it uh, well, we make, make it difficult because you know different countries have different sort of favourites. You know, so yeah, it's it's a bit of a nightmare at times. But you know, I mean, sometimes we we sort of play around with it during the tour. You know, and or we'll, or we might have um, a sort of um, you know give the fans, the audience, the option. You know, in the middle of the set, we'll say, well, we can play this one or this one or this one, whichever one gets the loudest cheer, we're going to do. You know,
6: well, there you go. I like <laughs> that.
5: This old sod, it we'll play all three of them. You
6: know? <laughs> so, yeah. well, let uh, me ask you this: Are you going to be uh, breaking any anything out of the vault? Something you haven't played in, you know, how, how many, however many years.
5: I, that I cannot say at the moment. I mean, we're still sort of sorting out what we're going to play at the moment. You know, so that's that's uh, that's an ongoing thing.
6: So still working on the set list. Obviously, you'll yeah. have some of the new songs in it, which this yeah. this album is just killer. <laughs> killer stuff on here. Ten killer songs, um, <laughs> like Verno said, available January 19th on Silver Lining Records.
1: Right. Now, talking about the new songs. How yeah. many of them have you rehearsed? How many are ready to go? Is it tell us about that?
5: Um, well, I mean, you know, it's we sort of um rehearsed and everything before we recorded and everything. And um, no, I mean, we're gonna be going into some sort of some rehearsals. We don't actually like to rehearse that much, I've got to be honest with you, you know. But um, no, we we'll, I mean we'll 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 be doing some rehearsals over here before before we hit the road and it's uh but i mean we're all pretty familiar with the songs anyway because it wasn't that long ago that we actually recorded them you know well
1: uh, y- yeah uh 10 songs some of my favorites on there the fire and steel and yeah. i really was digging pirates of the airwaves mainly right. because i had a connection to it you know they had old um after we heard the story but you could tell it was uh had
5: a radio theme and a radio feel yeah.
1: any yeah. favorites
5: from that album for you uh, yeah i mean um, i think my i think probably my favorite off the album is uh madam guillotine great tune you know tune. I, I, I mean i think um i think biff's lyrics on that uh you know some of his best actually because it's It's actually, the song is actually, the lyrics are talking from the point of view of the guillotine. So it's the guillotine speaking to you, singing to you, you know.
1: Fortunately, we only have one advanced uh, single we could play. And it's the Hellfire and Damnation. I was hoping that there's something in Roswell, the song circulating around the whole UFO thing, was (laughs) going to be released. Is there a new single that... You guys are uh, ready to get out there that we can look
5: forward you think? to. I haven't, I haven't any idea what it's going to be. That I think the, I mean, we shot, uh, you know, a few videos while we were over in Europe, and um, so I think they're going to drop a teaser. So I couldn't tell you which one it's going to be. Yeah, <laughs> you know, your guess is as good as mine.
1: <laughs> I was about to say, uh, I don't know when the last time you spoke with uh, Biff was, but. Uh, we sat down with them for an hour. I may have more info th- available to you than you have, so you never uh, know. <laughs> all right, well let, let's uh, let's take a deep dive. Uh, the song we've been playing, "Hellfire and Damnation," and when we come back with Nigel, we're gonna get a few questions from the listeners in the chat room. And Southern Kales got a couple more questions for you. So here cool. we go from the new one, "Hellfire and Damnation," the title track, Saxon. Metal
6: Mayhem ROC live. How's everything going with uh, Brian Tatler um, since he's joined the band?
5: Yeah, really cool. I mean, he's he's slotted in so well. It's it's great. You know, he had he actually had sort of although you know um, you know last well the year before last he nearly did a show with us because because um, Paul was ill. But uh, Paul recovered in time to do it, so he sort of rehearsed some of the songs. But, I mean, he didn't have that much time to, this time, to learn the full set. So it was uh, a full-on, and he's done amazingly well. All right, over in our chat room, we have a chat room going, we've got some questions. Uh, Twitch wants to ask, what's your favorite Saxon album? Oh, jeez. I know, I know. It's oh, but, um, It varies. I mean, I love, I'm really excited about this one um i think another one i was really really happy with it it, it, it all comes down to the vibe of when you're actually recording sometimes you know you have certain great memories and things um i mean i love the album sacrifice
1: okay okay
5: um And I mean, another favorite of mine is going right back was my first studio album, which was Pound the Glory, because that was, you know, that was the first studio album I did with the band. And it was, and um, I felt, you know, I mean, Pete Gill had a lot of fans, you know, and I thought I've got something to prove here. I couldn't really just pick one, to be quite honest with you. That's hard. Our
1: Our boy Jimmy from the Bronx, last few years ago, you gave a special shout out to him that we run occasionally. He wants to comment that, thank you for putting this Uriah Heat bill together. (laughs) Jimmy's a very loyal listener. He's been to a gazillion concerts, and uh, uh, I guess he's a Uriah Heat fan. How did the (laughs) Uriah Heat connection come about? Was it a carryover from a canceled tour of COVID? Is it old friends? How did this come about?
5: They're, I mean, they're old friends. We've done, you know, we've done quite a few shows with them, festivals with them, or, or shows with them in in Germany and stuff in the past. Um, yeah, they're good friends as well. And funnily enough, um, obviously this was ages ago, so it was a different Uriah Heap lineup. But um, Uriah Heap was my third ever gig I went to. Oh, nice. <laughs> I think it was on the Demons and Wizards tour. I think it was on oh. Demons. Wizards or magician's birthday—I can't remember—but um, I became really good friends with Lee Kerslake.
1: Ah, uh, when do tickets go on sale? And is there any chance for more dates to be introduced
5: in addition to these for the West yeah.
1: for the East Coast?
5: I mean, I think the tickets are going up pretty soon. I think I have—I don't—I haven't got an exact date to be quite honest with you, but I think they're going up pretty soon. The thing to watch is just keep an eye on the Saxon website, you know, Saxon 747, keep an eye on that. And all the info you need will be on that. And uh, yeah, there are, I mean, I think there are some more gigs slotting in, you know, we're just waiting to finalize them. I think so.
6: All right. Perfect. Oh, like I was, I started to say, um, you guys have been out. uh, uh, You talk about the opening bands and uh, right before you joined the band, uh, Saxon opened some shows up for, rush in 1980 and um we were just uh with the passing of neil peart yesterday um we were just wondering if you had had have, ever had the chance to meet him and uh if you got any stories about him to tell
5: i mean the the anniversary of his passing yeah. yes the anniversary yes uh no I, I never got to meet him actually i mean as to say i wasn't in the band at that time which i was really annoyed about because i would have loved to have gone got on tour with rush you know never bumped but, into him huh no, never, never bumped him to him at all. I met um, Alex. Great, what well, a great guy! Really like him. Nice guy. Really friendly guy. Comedian. But, oh yeah, but just a, just a generally yeah, he's a comedian. But what a generally nice guy he is, you know, and a great great guitarist. I mean, they're a great band.
1: All right, well, you know what, Nigel, uh, we're going to let you get going, but we want to thank you for joining us uh, again. Uh, S- saxon is strong up here at Metal Devastation Radio. Uh, tons of requests. We always have a fun thing we do at the end of the show, usually. Uh-huh. Um, the last uh-huh. half hour, I always play some Saxon, and we uh, everyone jokes about, all right, go to the closet, get your battle vest. We're going to do a little Saxon, but uh, we're going to do a little earlier tonight. So everyone, go to your closet. Get your battle vest, and we're gonna listen to a track. It was Nigel's debut back in 1983, and he came into the band. It was the power, uh, the the power and the glory album and the, so the track This Town Rocks. Nigel, oh, thank I knew you you were gonna yeah. play that. I knew it. Well, <laughs> uh, what do you mean? It's uh, it's not cliche, it's such a killer. Oh, oh yeah. That yeah. does that go down <laughs> as your all time favorite, uh Nigel Glockler.
5: Uh, Drum lick? (laughs) No, that's great. No, I knew you were going to play that track. They go mad whenever we play that track. So I mean, that's a track. You know, a lot of the time we have to play in America. You know, well, you know what? Uh, Cal's
1: going to see you in Orlando. (laughs) Me and the Metal Devastation and Metal Mayhem guys will see you down in New York, and we want to hear this. Nigel, thanks for your time, friend. Thank you, Nigel.
5: Much. Well, we'll have a beer or three. <laughs> right. Jackson, Metal Devastation Radio. Take care, guys. Thanks a lot.
1: Thanks, Nigel. Appreciate it, man. All right. See you. Thank later. you, Nigel. See you soon. Yeah, take
5: care. Bye. Bye.
0: Metal for life. Thank you for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our website at metalmayhemroc.com for information on podcasts, archives, links to all our live radio shows, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non metal friends. And always remember to keep it heavy.
4: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.